Hey, Leah, welcome back. Another episode of the Warrior EDU podcast. I feel like it's been forever. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Yeah, it has been a little while since we, you know, you know, pandemic teaching sometimes gets in the way of uh, podcast recording, but I'm so excited that we're back at it here again. I, I am just thrilled. And there's one, one thing missing today, one person missing, and that is our little friend Harrison. How is that little guy? I know. This is actually our first episode since I've been back officially from maternity leave because the last few was dirt while I was still on leave. Yeah. And- was on my lap usually so uh he's doing great he's four months old and he learned to roll over this week so that was a big milestone and proud mom moment i feel so old now being a mom and thinking in mom terms but but it's okay it's exciting and it's fun so i love it <laughs> that that's awesome just wiser right i don't want to hear about old okay i'm 50 yeah. you're not anywhere near that so i just have more life experience now having another human to be responsible for so yeah, it changes things right it does. I mean, how you feel it really does it makes yeah. you uh scared all the time that something's gonna happen to him even when he's just sitting there and you're like oh, is he yeah. breathing is he still is he alive um yeah yeah worry all the time but you know starting to get used to that level of worry, I guess, and just hope trying to enjoy him more than worry about him all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely I remember, you know, when we first had kids, it changed, it changed, you know, how I felt just about like life in general. And that was with girls. And then so we had girls first, and then our and then our son, and then I and then I felt changed again, like, oh, I've got to protect my son and teach him how to be a man and that kind of thing. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that definitely changes it a lot. And yeah, just being a parent just makes the world a whole lot different. It's different. Yeah, it's different in a better way, in a good way, you oh, know, sure. in a good way. Our guest doesn't have anything, any idea about that yet, um, no. but he will. He will. Someday. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not that we have to talk about it here, but our, our guest. This is turning into a whole different type of conversation. <laughs> our guest, Leah, for, for episode number 10 in the war room, episode number 10 is MCHS band teacher extraordinaire, Spencer Heil. Spencer. Hey, it's hey, me. Spencer. I also learned how to roll over this week. Pretty exciting. <laughs> Oh, good for you. We're so proud. I yep. I called my mom, FaceTime. It was great. We, yeah, it was a big deal. Well, I, I, I was thinking in terms of like roll with it, like you, you have had to, as teachers, really roll with it this year, you know, in a di- much different way. So Nice transition there, Jeff. Very, nice. Yeah, great segue, Jeff. Was, thank you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. I'm a professional podcaster, so... <laughs> I mean, we are 10 episodes in. I think that is what qualifies professional level now. 10 episodes in. You get to be episode number 10, Mr. Heil. I'm so excited for you. That's pretty thrilling. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, yeah. Um, listen, uh, it's been a joy for me because, you know, you're pr- for our, our listeners who don't know this, you're, you're not up in the band room right now, up on the fourth floor. You're right next to me, right next to the office on the third floor in our theater. I mean, I can't tell you really, I, I know that I've, I say these nerdy things all the time, but like when I walked in there the first day after kids were back, I was in tears and you guys were just warming up and it sounded so beautiful. It was so great. And you looked at me like, can you please just get out of here? That does not sound beautiful. It's horrible. It's the worst sound ever. 
Well, objectively, it, it was pretty terrifying. I know, I know, I know it was. But it was, you know, my point was just that it was so great to be back, you know. Sure. So great to hear that sound again. And to have you guys right next to me in the office is just, it's, it's awesome. So I'm glad to be back. I'm really glad to be back. And there are some silver linings up ahead, I'm for sure, for sure. So let's jump in. Let's jump in, um, Spencer. For those, again, for our listeners who may not know, um, I mentioned briefly that you're the, you know, MCHS uh, band teacher. But, I mean, where, tell us your, your teacher story. I mean, where, how did you get your start and, and why did you go into this? Why did you go into this field? You know, what's the story there? Um, all right. So my, my teacher story is I, I come from a parent. Both my parents are teachers. So I was constantly, and they're both music teachers too. So I kind of grew up in music classrooms. So instead of on Friday nights, our family having pizza night or whatever, it was, I went to high school football games. I went to high school basketball games and got to play the drums and got to run around and be cool with the high school kids. So that was like ages, I don't know, three to when does middle school start? 10. And then the dark ages happened, which is when I <laughs> told my parents I hated music and I wasn't going to join band. And so I didn't do any music and I wasn't involved in middle school band. I wasn't into it. And then I was forced to be in band in high school by my parents for one year. Um, and then look at me now. But uh, just, I, I think it was just, I came across a community of people in high school band where I just met some of my closest friends and had a lot of really meaningful experiences. We took a variety of like international trips when I was in high school, which was super special. Um, and so band just meant a lot to me and music became a really important part of my life. Um, and so then I decided against my mom's wishes for me to become an engineer, um, mm. to become a music teacher, which my parents still say was a mistake, but Hey, look at me now. <laughs> so yeah. And so family of teachers and then went to university of Illinois, Urbana Champaign and, uh, applied here and started working here and look at me now, five years in. Ooh. Wow. That's so funny to think of you as like anti-band. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, the middle schoolers were all kind of like anti our parents. So like, was that like a rebellion that you were going through? I was going through my popular kid phase where like doing sports and being mean was cool. And so I was just like, yeah, like I'm in the soccer team and like band kids were weird. And rah, rah, rah. Like that was kind of my whole vibe except everybody in my house was in band and music. So those two things didn't really gel. So I think it was just like a, me being a bad middle school kid. <laughs> Do you feel like that like influences uh, how you interact with your students, their perspective you might have on some of your students? Oh, heck yeah. Cause I'm like, if you hate band, don't worry. I did too. It's fine. You're just <laughs> going to hate me even more when I've won you over. Yeah, and one yeah. day you might be a band teacher. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. I try to push the most far away from that as I can. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the whole shtick. Wow. Wow. So where, where did the engineer come in? Is that just a parent's dream for you? I mean, did you have any interest in that type of thing? Um, so all of my mother's family are engineers. Mm. And my oldest brother decided to go into engineering too. And, but my middle brother went into education and he's a band director also yeah. so uh it was kind of like the gotta get another engineer help us when we retire i think is probably where the motivation for that was from and i was i was like really good at math and science and i was really into that and so i think that if like i was more interested in the engineering path i think that mostly they were trying to make sure that they were 
had everything locked in for retirement probably <laughs> is what they were thinking. So how did, when did you shift your mindset from engineer to music teacher? Well, the, the engine, the engineer part never started. I oh. was just, I just never got there. So <laughs> it was the constant like, Hey, what do you think about building stuff? And, <laughs> just kind of that subtle hinting all the time. Oh, all the time, all the time. Yeah, it was brutal. But I also heard you said that you heard you say that you, 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 you played sports and, and soccer as yeah. well, right? Yeah. Like I was on the varsity soccer team in high school and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so interesting. So, so engineering was never on your mind. You, you played sports, you thought band kids were not cool. And, and yet, yet you, you find yourself as the, as the band director here at the high school, right? Yeah. Did you like high school when you were a high school kid? Did I like high school? Yeah. Um, I mean, middle school, we, we heard about, but high school. Yeah. I kind of blacked that all out. I try not to think about it. (laughs) Um, High school. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think high school, I liked high school when I could do what I wanted to do, which I think is very relatable for a lot of kids, right? Like when you're in the classes that you want to be in, you enjoy it. When you're in the stuff that you don't want to be in, you don't like it. Um, And I think that was tended to be my experience was, and then music classes became the ones that I liked the most. So I loved my time and all of those. But when I had to take like a, it was like an animation elective for like, I thought it would be cool to do animation. And it was not like, for me, it was not cool. Like, no, bueno, not good. And so like, I hated that. Your creativity is limited to music and not drawing and art. Yeah. So visual art. I tell my students all the time, like I, they see me drawing on the board or on my iPad during class and they're like, please stop. <laughs> I feel that way sometimes too. I'm trying to draw like parts of the body and I'm just like, guys, just look at the reference. Like it's so much better than my drawing of it. It's not going to be good. I'm not an art teacher. I believe we did telestrations in a fine arts staff meeting two years ago and Andy Hillier and Kelly Santuani and the rest of the department decided that I was not allowed to play because. (laughs) And so I was ridiculed in the department. I believe Greg Eiserman was in on that too. He came in and was like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So drawing, not my. But you played the drums. I heard you say that you, you, you played the drums and you hung out at uh, high school football games and basketball games with your parents and got to play the drums. Did you play, I mean, did you play other instruments too growing up? Um, no, no, no. I like, seriously, like I did not play instruments. Like I just, I think it was just to give me something to like channel my like energy into. So like, uh-huh. of course there's like the high school kids that are like, Hey, yeah, you do this, like do this, like boom, 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 boom. And then like you're playing the drum and I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm doing it. It's probably like if I was actually like seeing that now, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. But it was just literally like whatever, like it was all percussion stuff, just giving me things to hit. Wow. Wow. You know, that's so interesting. And um, Leah, I know you and I have talked about this at, at some point in the past year or so but you know i like when i was in high school the 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 furthest the, the last thing i thought i'd ever be doing was back in a school especially a high school you know i spent two years after high school just working odd jobs because i was so happy to be away from school you know and so i think that's important for for you know, whoever listens to uh, you know, podcasts or or whoever listens to teachers to understand that you know, sometimes the path that you think you're on is not always the path that, you know, 
where, where it leads you to, right? And that's okay. I think that's okay to understand that. So. Totally. Yeah, I think that's kind of been a, a consistent theme throughout a lot of our, our interviews. And I think that that's something that when you're in high school, you think like your teachers were always going to become teachers and this is like their life and that's like all they are, are teachers. And that I think from especially just doing all these interviews and understanding people's teacher stories, you start to realize that like a lot of times our, we kind of stumble into teaching and don't even realize that as we're growing up that that's what you want to do. I think maybe like our perception as a student, like you Oh, they're giving me tests to do and all these homework. And like, you kind of have this like perception of teachers, like I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And then once you grow up and you understand the world a little bit more and have a bigger worldview, then you understand why those teachers are so important. And then you kind of like, hmm, maybe I kind of want to do that. And so I think it's just such an interesting consistency amongst so many different teachers. Wow. So are there three brothers, Spencer? I mean, the three, yep. of you, three of you and two of you became high school band directors. Yes. Yes. Have you, are, you, are your parents talking to you again? Uh, yeah. 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 But see, now the thing is, is that my parents will come to band concerts and then I get a critique afterwards, which is, oh. it adds a whole other layer of the family dynamic on top of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. But it's also super helpful, right? Like when I was starting to teach, I have infinite amount of resources like directly related to me. So it's like, Hey, I can't figure this out. What do I need to do? Or like, what would be the best way to teach this? You know, that's a dinner conversation as opposed to like either like reaching out to a mentor an old professor or something. It's really easy. Just like call home. Mm. I, I mean, I do that every week with my student teacher. Now I like call my parents. I'm like, Hey, so like, how would you handle the pacing of this? Like when you, if, if you were in COVID world, how would you do this if you had a student teacher? And just, so wow. the, the having them as a resource is, is one of the most special things that I think about like my teacher path is that I just, my biggest mentors in life also tend to be, are also be able to biggest mentors in teaching at the same time. Wow. Which is nice. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, that your parenting, their parenting mentorship expands beyond just raising you as a, their son, but also, you know, raising you as a, an educator too. Yeah. That's pretty great. So, so let's, you touched on it a little bit. Talk about having a student teacher, um, you know, as a fifth year teacher yourself, you have a student teacher um, and you're, you're, but more so my point was to get to COVID right? Like how do, how do teachers, you know, come into schools right now and be student teachers with all of the, you, you know, you know, can they learn about school and, and teaching right now? What have you found? I, I think that's definitely the biggest challenge that we've had together because she came in, in with me to start the placement immediately after winter break. So that was two weeks of fully digital school. But it was also two weeks of digital school at the end of a semester, which is not exactly the same as two weeks of digital school. Like that was like, we're trying to get kids to turn in work time. Like we are hounding people all the time to get stuff done, you know? And then right after that to come to hybrid. Okay. So like you, you haven't really seen an established environment yet of like a normal routine. Like this week and like the end of last week was the beginning of seeing like classroom routines and understanding, like, I don't know, I feel like understanding the rhythm of day-to-day -day teaching is really important. And when ours has been changing constantly, that's been really hard. Um, and so I, I do think we spent a lot of the time at the beginning 
talking very philosophical about like, I talk about like your classroom is like, you want to turn your classroom into happy little workshop. So that like the, the, the environment in your room, like you have to learn how to make it a happy workshop. So we're still doing work. We're still getting things done, but we're enjoying our time while we do it and trying to figure out how to do that. Mm. Um, talking about like her leadership style and larger philosophical questions. And then, okay, how are you going to apply that when you're actually doing the gig? How are you going to apply that when you're in front of them? How is your everyday teaching related and influ like influenced by how you want your classroom to look? And so she's done more and more. And I mean, I think it's nice to watch somebody go through like this doing digital teaching for the first time because it's like, yeah, this is hard. <laughs> this sucks. You know, but it's hard because it's like there's practical skills there that I'm that I will never forget that have influenced how I will teach mm. normal school, if that's what we're going to call it now, like in-person learning, I guess. Yeah. Like I've learned so many valuable lessons from digital school. But for her, it's like, OK, but you haven't even had to do classroom management, right. me, a normal room where there's 55 kids in front of you. Like you will never see that environment before you have to do it. And that is terrifying for me because there's no way to simulate that. Like it's a 55 person zoom call, like classroom management is like, Timmy looks like this, whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Foreheads and ceiling. Yeah, foreheads and like going on their phones, whatever, you know, like that's, it's just not the same. So, but then we're talking lots of pedagogy, like how does that translate from digitally to in person? And it's been good. Every week we talk about takeaways and she, she's had lots of really valuable takeaways so far. And it's been great. Two months left. Wow. Got to help her a lot in two months. Because in music, you have to do two placements. So instead of a full semester somewhere, you do half and half. So she's going to an elementary school in a yes. couple months, right? Because music teachers will be certified K through 12. So you have to do a placement that's not in high school. Wow. I can't imagine teaching elementary school music in this world right now. Oh, my word. <laughs> like, I know it's hard for you as well, but like, oh, I just can't even imagine little kids. I can't imagine little kids like in general. I have like elementary teachers right now who I'll deal with ceiling fans and foreheads. Like, I can't imagine like running oh. away from the computer and like oh. focus. And like, I mean, Jeff, you have little ones at home yeah. trying to get this perspective. Bad. It's bad. It's hard. Those are legitimately, though, like some of my best friends are elementary school teachers. And so we do Zooms like two or three times a week at night. Um, and she just like will go off about her third graders. And she's like, she's like, yeah, like this happened today. And this happened today. This kid came back in a Santa Claus outfit today, like and just left for 20 minutes and came back. Um, Oh my gosh. Or it has like, to be entertaining. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, it's just really stressful because like they don't know that like we are in North America right now. Like kids were getting that wrong on their recent assessment. She's like, so the stakes feel really high for what I'm doing. And I just don't know. <laughs> like, this is bad <laughs> if they don't figure wow. it out. Yeah. Wow. It, it is. It's difficult. I, you know, I've been home a couple of times while our, our kindergartner is, you know, supposed to be sitting on Zoom call all day long and her teacher is a saint she just amira you're supposed to be looking coming back to the computer now just talking in this heavenly voice all day long to those kids like she never falters i can't i can't imagine that she's any different when she's off the call i'm sure she talks to her husband like that 
<laughs> right? Or like the opposite. Like it just pins up all day <laughs> and then I was gonna say. blows oh, out of her when she signs yeah. off the Zoom. Oh, I was God. like, she's got to swear like a sailor at home or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know how one holds it together all day long like that. You know, I think, think non-teachers wonder how any of us hold it together sure. all day long, and I wonder how our healthcare work, frontline workers hold it together all day long. And it's just like, I think we're all just finding our ways and just hoping and trying to see that light at the end of the tunnel that, like, maybe we'll, we'll we're gonna make it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, for sure, the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, we we've referenced the light at the end of the tunnel. We've referenced silver linings. You know, many many times. I think it it helps to uh, helps to get through it. So, I mean, that's that's you know one thing, Spencer. Your your student teacher. That's quite an experience. Have, is there is there is there something else though that either during COVID right now or um, in your in the past five years up to you becoming uh, you know a, a professionally licensed educator that's been a challenge for you you know like in the trenches in the classroom is there a challenge that you faced and and uh were able to you know find your way or work your way out of it you know um yeah i think i think my number one biggest challenge is is just uh balancing work and home i i mm. tend to be very bad that way like i i want to be all in all the time and so like, I'll stay here until seven o'clock and then I'll go home and I'll work when I get home. And then I'll do that every single day. And like, I can do that. And I've functioned that way probably for my first three years where I like never took a personal day, never took a sick day, like every single day, never left before five or six o'clock. Um, I think you told me you had an air mattress in your car. I, yes, that was first, first, second, third year. I, I, I kept the air mattress in my car just in case I had a couple, two or three AMers at school. Um, and uh, so that was definitely my biggest struggle is, is learning when it can just wait till tomorrow or like you don't have to answer email right away. Like you don't have to instantaneously do it, it can wait. Um, so that was definitely my number one. I think my number two thing that I struggled with um, I think it would probably be, I, I think like cult changing culture in the program of the school, like in the band program specifically, like there was a way of doing things before and it's simple things in a band classroom. Like there's so many routines of it or like the, how you make music that if I want to teach literally like from our perspective, like pedagogically just do it a different way. Like that has a very large impact on kids. If you're doing it, like just of how I teach is different than somebody else because if there's an emotional attachment because it's banned in music. And so I think for me, it was like teaching the way that I knew was the best way to teach and best practice, but like having to try to integrate that slowly over time as to not like alienate every kid because band was no longer banned or something. You know, I think I've seen that you're the, since I started here, you're the third band director that's worked here. And each transition, I've, I've noticed the same thing where it was like the previous regime was like they were so dedicated to that director that and even if it was awesome what the new one was doing, if it was different how their fearless leader did it, they like 
through, you know, rejected it and were like, this isn't how it goes. Like you have to keep doing things the way it is. And so I think that's something that's super unique to programs like yours, where the kids do it for multiple years. And like you said, there's that emotional connection because music has a lot of very personal connections for a lot of kids versus like going from biology to chemistry class. Like there's not that same sort of like heart that they have where they're like, but this isn't how my biology teacher taught us about this. And so like, and that's very interesting. And I, I've noticed that too. So like, is that, that definitely was a struggle for you, I'm sure. And then, oh. yeah, now I feel like you're what, three years in, two, four, year, five, five, uh, yeah. five years in, five. like where did the time go? Um, that now you've had like, you know, your freshmen that started with you and you're kind yeah. of building your own. Last year, last year was the year. They were the, uh, they call themselves the, uh, or the, the organically grown band kids. <laughs> so they were the ones who had yeah. four years. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just so much easier. I mean, music, like high school band teachers talk about that all the time. Like year four is the easiest one. It gets easier after the first three are tough. Year four will be when it turns the corner. Um, and wow. so those, that was, those are all the factors. I mean, I think COVID has like helped me with a lot of that too. I think that's actually been a helping thing, not a hurting part mm. of everything. Is it keeps it all, it gives you perspective, I think perspective on what's important perspective on what matters whether it's teaching pedagogy or just like relationships with kids it's about what matters for sure i mean i can relate to you on some degree you know it, it resonates with me when you talk about you know the culture of the band program um any school that i've led the first few years are are definitely the toughest because the those you know you reference the students who are connected to the previous band teacher well guess i mean th there are teachers who are connected to the previous administration and really struggle sometimes with any changes that are brought in uh, by a new administration because inevitably new administration is going to bring in new new things right new band teachers are going to bring in new things or or even if it's just a different way of of teaching or a different you know philosophical beliefs on how things should be run so same thing um just real quick to your point on uh you know two to three a.m late nights uh, the, you know work-life balance is 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 really huge and that's, uh, I hope you're not doing that anymore because that's, you know, it's still going to be here the next day when you get back, buddy. That was, that was year one. That was pit orchestra books year one. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Lately, uh, I've heard of, uh, you know, instead of balance, you know, um, the word blend, uh, a friend, Lin Lindsay Titus of mine talks about blending instead of balancing. And I kind of like that because if you don't, you know, she, she came up with it because she found that it, she wasn't able to balance, you know, there was always something that was going to tip the scales and she'd be frustrated by the fact that she couldn't balance it. So she started to, came up with this term, you know, uses the word blend now. So how can she blend her work and her home and her professional and personal? And that's that she's having much more success with that. So I thought that was interesting. So try to blend more. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. So listen, Spencer, as we, as we wrap up here, um, you know, I'm, we're, we're curious, you know, after all this fantastic conversation and, and um, talk about COVID and your, you know, your student teacher and five years in and all this other great stuff. I mean, what, what are you, as you think about the future, what are you, what are you hopeful for? Oh, the big question. I feel like everybody always kind of like has a little sigh, like, oh, yeah, God, yeah. there's so 
too much. <laughs> it's a hard, it is a hard one. You know, it's a hard one. If you don't, don't think about a hopeful, you know, what, what, um, what gives you hope? The thing that I'm hopeful for is I, I hope that this gives students a deeper appreciation for school. Mm. And I think, I hope it gives all of us a deeper appreciation for school. Um, because I know, like, I mean, what we were taught, you know, uh, back to what you're saying at the beginning, Jeff, about like, you know, when you heard the sounds, how that made you feel like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's for me, it's, it's something very simple as like during digital school, all I listen to is distorted audio that's captured through a microphone on a computer yeah. or a phone. And then like hearing it in person, it's like my brain has to like literally recalibrate because I don't remember what sounds sound like. So my appreciation for being here is just so much higher. Um, so that, that's just one for me personally. And I, I like hope that, that that is an underlying theme amongst staff and, and students. Like once, hopefully, like once we get past this whole like wearing masks to school and distancing and whatever, that we can have a deeper appreciation for each moment together. And that it's not just a first year and then we settle into the routine. Um, that it's just that we have that forever of a deep under, deep appreciation for being together. Mm. Um, I like that. Yeah. I think about things that like big events in our history that and how they've shaped different generations, like the great depression and how it shaped those people. And I think, and I hope that this shapes the culture moving forward for people to really have that deeper appreciation for their education and the time spent to, with other human beings. And just that that's going to shape when we're old and grandparents and that telling our grandkids that that's what our generation's kind of iconic piece is. For sure. For sure. Uh, because we, we will be talking about it for, for years to come. You know, I'm, uh, that's, that's, so, that's so great. You know, I like how you phrased that, a deeper appreciation for each moment together, you know. And I, I just to elaborate on that, you know, I, I'm, I've thought a lot about, like, I hope that people can think about things differently, too. You know, there are some things that that because of the pandemic that I, I've thought like, well, why, you know, why can't we do this every every year, starting with just a simple thing like last year's uh, senior parade, you know, like, why don't why can't we do that every year people loved it. They, at least they seem to. <laughs> but it gave it gave people an appreciation of, of being together, you know, of those moments. So I love that you said that uh, uh, resonate with me a deeper appreciation for each moment together. So and it's awesome. the small things too, you know, it's like, I thought about, have you seen the video of like the teachers, like the elementary school teacher where she like has the sign by the door where the kids, it's like, do you want a high five? Oh, yeah. Or do you want a hug? Mm -hmm. You know, like to me, like to me, at least like I thought about that, like the first day, like the first day that there's some kind of like actual school, like where this like is, no matter when that day is, I think I'm going to like have that sign out of my classroom. Yeah. Just, like, because I think that this, I was talking to my, actually, I called my cooperating teacher this afternoon and then I talked to him about it. And I think that it's very easy for all of us teachers to lose sight right now because we're all so concerned about content. And I think that that's what we're all afraid of is we're all afraid that the, the kids are not going to get as far. And then if they don't get as far, like, like, and for me at band, it's, you know, way less stress than like, I don't know, like if a kid does not fundamentally understand algebra, like I totally understand that there are very different far reaching impacts to those things. Sure. But I, I think it's, it's been like, like this time is also giving me a deep appreciation for like making sure that we're teaching kids about like being like appreciating being human and being alive 
Like, I think that that, like, all the aspects of life, I think, is something that, that we sometimes lose sight of. And I think that this has brought, for me personally, has brought that into focus of, like, not character over content. That sounds too much like a punchline for, like, a speech at a, like a <laughs> seminar or something. But just, like, I don't know. Like, the, just the human teaching us to be humans mm. before content. Yeah. I love it. We teach kids. We don't teach band or science that we teach kids. Yeah. And I think that's what kids all need right now. And I think that's shown how important that is for us to do that for them every day that we see them with COVID or without COVID. For sure. For sure. That's awesome. What a great way to wrap up today. I love it. Human teaching us to be humans, you know, that's that's so critical. That's what we do. You know, I, I want I want a good neighbor when when these kids graduate. <laughs> right. I want good neighbors. You know, so we get we have to get back to that. So, I love it, Spencer. Um, how, if someone wants to hear more and wants to talk, get in deeper with you on any one of these topics, uh, how, how can they get a hold of you? Are you are you out there on social media? Is the best way through the school here? Uh, yeah, I'm not really a social media. I think that was one of my COVID covid cuts I yeah i was too addicted so yeah email i'm an email junkie that's my social media that i have left awesome i love it i did the same thing i pulled it all off my phone just yep. in the last few weeks i had to cut back covid cuts i like that <laughs> <laughs> what's your covid cut I'm mm, I'd, yeah i'd cut the news like i just oh, put yeah. it straight to netflix i don't want to know what's going on in the world sometimes like i know enough and i don't need to see it like 16 times a day on every hour of every news station so i honestly hadn't turned the news back on until the whole event at the capitol was the first time i put the news on pretty much during the whole covid everything because wow. it was the only thing that was really changing and developing so fast that like I needed to know what was going on. But other than that, I was like, I can't, I can't sit and relish in this, like more people are dying and more people are getting it and more things are being shut down. And it was just, I was like, I'm just going to live in my little, my little naive bubble over here and just try to get through. And that was the way I got through. So that's my, my COVID cut was the news. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I like that COVID cuts. You started something new here, Spencer. That there might be go. the next thing. What's your, what are you hopeful for? And what's your COVID cut? <laughs> what's your COVID cut? Yep. What did you have to cut? I love it. I love it. All right, Spencer, from the war room, Lee and I, thank you for coming on. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. You guys take care. And Leah, I'll see you next time. See you next time.